0: So I was told recently, or I heard—I think it might have been a trivia night—that the darker the coffee, the less caffeine it has. Mm-hmm. Is this true? Yeah. Now, generally speaking, yeah. Generally speaking, I mean, you roast coffee. Mm-hmm. How many different types of coffee do you roast? Do I roast? Yeah. Um, by types, do you mean
1: origins? I don't know what I mean just yeah. kind of curious i don't know so don't know much about
0: coffee
1: i don't know we've we have a lot of offerings yeah that's for sure i don't know off the top of my head
0: but from all over the I mean, world is it like dark and darker and darkest yeah we coffees
1: we we offer everything from uh super light roast to super dark roast which i don't like the dark roast but you like the light roast oh yeah that oh, has yeah. more caffeine yeah, that's not why I like it, though.
0: Yeah. That's just a nice little added benefit. Hey, welcome to New Hope Underground. <laughs> we are the experts on coffee. Well, Drew is.
1: <laughs> uh, what does expert mean? I'm Darren Hansen I'm Drew Hanson.
0: And uh, we, we've got another great episode coming your way. We've got all sorts of stuff going on here. You know, it's uh, it's been kind of fun starting some of these new features we've had this season. Mm-hmm. We've got the spotlight going again where we're, where we're interviewing people in the church just kind of randomly. Right. And that's been fun and hearing their testimonies. We've done, we're have done we doing another feature called um, Gen Z Speaks Out. Mm-hmm. I like that one a lot. And uh, Brady's giving us, he's kind of speaking out for the whole Generation Z. Maybe we can get some other ambassadors down the road too to, yeah. see, to see if... To compare. Yeah. Maybe we need to get somebody in the room with him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Just get like a, a small,
1: small sample size of. Gen Z. Could get his wife in here. She's Genji, sure.
0: and they could argue. They are pretty good at arguing. We need somebody like
1: maybe that's in high school now. Oh yeah, somebody a little younger. Yeah, Braden Kaiser. I'll get him back on here. Get him on here. We'll
0: get Braden on here with maybe Brady. Tie on here. Yeah, there you go. And then we'll, uh, then what we'll do is we'll 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 have a kind of a swath, if you will, of a swath, a swath of of uh, if opinion, you will. opinion. Nice. Awesome. That'd be good, and then uh, also we've got another feature coming up. Now I don't, I'm not sure exactly what it's going to be called yet, so I can't, you know. But I'm, but I will tell you, it's going to be really interesting. It's going to involve some kids, so pretty intre- you know, excited about that. That's coming up. You know, not going to show my hand, tip my hand too much. What, how, what would you name it? You don't know. I don't know what to name it yet. Street youths. Street youths. Streets youths. What the what the youths are saying the on the youths street. The street the street urchins. <laughs> Street no, I don't. I don't know. So it's time for my story, and I, I get my news a lot of times from odd news there on UPI, mm-hmm. United Press, something or other, and it should be the real news. Yeah, just news. Yeah, odd odd news should just become the news. Yeah,
1: odd news is news because the real news, <laughs> the real news is super odd.
0: That <laughs> should take, you, a see back, it should take a know, you see what's going on. See, I know exactly that stuff's odd. <laughs> So here's the real news. Hot off the wire, October 23rd, an aggressive turkey that terrorized terrorized a California neighborhood for months has been captured by a wildlife expert. But uh, it says here that the turkey is named Gerald. Sounds, Gerald the turkey. Sounds
1: terrifying.
0: And there was even a Gerald rose garden. Locally, there around around the Oakland area,
1: like a like a local park
0: kind of thing? yeah, kind of a small it was, garden. It was cl- it was open to visitors and okay. so forth, Community but they had garden. to close the rose garden to visitors because of Gerald. <laughs> not
1: COVID. No, not COVID. No, no, COVID. I think we can get through this pandemic, but Gerald the turkey is out and again. Out again. So yeah, you can close walk it through. Down. The,
0: you would usually you could walk through the garden even with a mask. <laughs> But not today. The mask isn't protecting you from Gerald. <laughs> what are you gonna wear from, an, from to to? Uh, what are you gonna wear to protect yourself from an aggressive turkey? <laughs> so Gerald was actually uh, ter- terrorizing uh, this California na- neighborhood. How as, is he terrorizing it? I don't know. That's what they said. But they said basically that the wildlife expert disguised herself as an old woman, and that's how she captured him.
1: Disguise... Like, like, just a regular old lady? Yeah, just an old lady.
0: <laughs> How and does that help? They said, uh, as it's ri- written here, that Gerald preferred to attack the frail and the elderly. <laughs> <laughs> that sick bird. So, they took a young person, dressed him up like an older person, in order to capture Gerald. Because they they were trying to bait them Weird. with themselves.
1: That's So why didn't she just get a... Surely someone older works in the department. She didn't need to spend
0: spend our precious tax dollars on. This expert said said that she baited uh, Gerald with more than just herself. She baited him with blueberries, kibble, and sunflower seeds. And then she goes, My husband actually had to run down to the truck, so I was left alone with the turkey at the time when Gerald made his way. She's alone with Gerald and a bag of trail mix. She baited Gerald into charging at her, and he just gave her just enough opening to grab him by the scruff of the neck in a way that did not harm the bird. Scruff of the neck is going to harm anything.
1: To I, grab them by the neck? Surely that's got to harm.
0: They took him to, you know, to uh, some, a nice area where he could be released and, and live a nice turkey life.
1: The rose garden.
0: It will be, well, be safe. She's the uh, director. Local director of the Oakland Animal Services says it does feel like the best outcome.
1: Uh, well, yeah. It seems like such an
0: obvious statement. Yes. Yeah.
1: So who named it? Like, G- who named it, Gerald? I don't. Know. That's who. That's what I want to know.
0: I don't know, but what what I want to know is like what other outcome would have been better i mean what what is she saying this feels like the best outcome okay number one one option you kill the turkey Uh not a good outcome Uh, no number two bad pr you just allow gerald to keep terrorizing the neighborhoods right yeah shutting down rose gardens Uh uh, attacking elderly people right not the best outcome
1: right yeah you can't become like a like a safe space for turkeys they'll take advantage of it
0: What other outcomes are there? Is what I'm trying to get at. You could could arrest it. it. You could send it to Turkey Jail,
1: Gerald in Turkey Jail.
0: Then the taxpayers are paying for Gerald in the Turkey Jail. Well, I think you charge the other turkeys. The best outcome is is to is to somehow dress up like an old person. it's the best get an old person the
1: best outcome dress up like an old
0: person yeah i mean which is probably based on stereotypes because we all know that old there isn't one single spry old person no so you have to dress up like an old person
1: yeah that's for sure no
0: one could take old by the neck no (laughs) in a
1: safe way no obviously only this person yeah and she did a good job trail mix in one hand and
0: It was kind of scary, though, for a second when she was talking about her husband left her with the turkey. You know what this sounds like? This sounds
1: like one of those B movies that like become really popular because they're so bad. It's like this terrorizing
0: (laughs) turkey, Gerald the turkey, terrorizing Um, Oakland. I just think it's funny the adjectives they use like that. Terrorized California neighborhood.
1: Yeah, I I mean, it's it's probably he's probably a new like journalist. His, I mean, n- his name is probably Gerald. He's like I gotta get more detail on this story. It's so. a turkey. I'll name him. I'll name him my own. I'll name him Gerald.
0: It's a turkey. What? What? What could he really do? And when you say he attacked frail and elderly people, what is that? What do you mean attacked? It, it's
1: just because he was in a, a gated community. <laughs> could it be?
0: Could it be the reason why He's not he like came
1: singling to, old people
0: could out? Could it be the reason why he came to blueberries is because maybe a lot of older people were feeding him too? I don't know. Maybe he I, wasn't attacking them. Maybe he was getting. I food. think you
1: got to look at the demographics of the neighborhood and
0: not like blame the turkey for like ageism. I don't <laughs> know. It just seems to me that Oakland has some worse problems. Maybe maybe it's just me, but I'm guessing there's that the the violence in Oakland mm-hmm. is uh, is over. You know, it's a lot worse than what's Gerald. going on with Gerald the turkey.
1: Yeah, and what's going on with the Oakland Athletics? That's all I know. That's yeah, going lost. on in Oakland.
0: They lost. They lost right before. Yeah, first round of the playoffs. Gosh, what a what a sad state of affairs in Oakland, California, right now. Lose the playoffs. Our empathy is right there. I mean, it goes it goes out. You're you're out
1: of the playoffs, and all you're left is all you're left with is a terrorizing turkey.
0: Your football team went to Vegas. Mm-hmm. The Raiders left. Mm-hmm. The A's lost first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You've got. Violence going on all over the place. Mm, You've got riots, terrorizing turkeys named Gerald. So, yeah, there's just a lot going on. The last thing you need is Gerald in your backyard. All I can tell you is this I would not want to be mayor of Oakland right now. Here we are in season three of New Hope Underground. Something we've been trying to do this season a little bit more is interviewing some people here at church, and we've had a couple already, and we've got another one today. So I want to thank Maggie Mailer for being here. Hi, Maggie.
2: Hi, Darren. How are you? I'm great, and it's actually Mailer. Oh, are you
0: kidding me? I've been saying it wrong all this time. <laughs> it's okay. You know what? I'm going to blame other people on staff because I've heard them say Mailer. Well, so and it's that other people's fault. It's, it's never my fault. It's someone and, else's fault. Absolutely. It's Mailer. Yep. But it's M E Y L O R, correct. But it's pronounced Miler. It is with an M- like M Y. Okay, <laughs> I will never be wrong again.
2: No, it's okay. <laughs> right, a lot. Most people, ninety five percent of people, do not say our name correctly.
0: <laughs> I got you. I throw up the air quotes too on uh, being wrong. By the way, so uh, welcome. I really appreciate you coming in, and. Uh, I, I know that we've had a chance to talk a little bit Mm -hmm. before. I mean, I know a little bit of your background, but I think it's fantastic for some of our listeners to get to know you. And first of all, how long have you been coming to New Hope?
2: We have been coming to New Hope probably, let's see, we've lived here for seven years. We've been coming here for probably close to four years.
0: Okay. Gosh, it's been four years already.
2: Yeah, that seems kind of odd, but...
0: Come by fast.
2: Good times go fast.
0: So I remember you first coming. Yeah. Um, And tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and so forth.
2: Okay. Well, um, I'm married to Mark. Mark and I have been married for 36 years, and he is my better half. (laughs) And we have two girls, Emily, um, and she is in her 30s. She's 32, I believe. And she's a teacher in Wisconsin. And she and her husband, Steve, have our granddaughter, Melina. Awesome. And they are going to have our first grandson in December. Oh,
0: congratulations. We're very
2: excited. And then we have our daughter, Rebecca. Rebecca actually came here for a very short time. She graduated from Wheaton, like Tyler, and when she graduated from Wheaton, she moved to Effingham for a couple of years, but she is now in Houston. She got married a couple of weeks ago to Alex. Oh, wow. So now we have... A lot of
0: changes going on in your family. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, and she was supposed to, aka COVID, she was supposed to get married in April, but of course got married in September.
0: Okay. Okay. A lot of people had to move their, their weddings back. and So, yeah. so she's in Houston. Yes,
2: yeah, she is. Oh my she works goodness. for the American Heart Association. And when she was living here, she worked for the Midland Institute.
0: Oh, well, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got a lot of changes going on then. And not only have you gone through empty nests, but now you've got grandkids and right. new, new uh, son-in-laws. Correct. So yes. there you go.
2: Family of six. Well, family of eight, technically.
0: Now, where are you from originally?
2: We are from Wisconsin. Okay. So I think I might have alluded to that uh, earlier, but we moved here from Wisconsin in 2013. Mark has worked for Quad Graphics for 34 years, and uh, they transferred him down here um, almost eight years ago. So it's like a heat wave here all the time. For it you. is. And he <laughs> promised me great things. He, first of all, I was shocked with the name of where we were moving. And then he said, Oh, but you're going to love the weather. It's really nice. And it's hot and humid a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. I would imagine in comparison, right?
2: Right. So yeah. we tell people that we don't like the weather, but we love the people. Well,
0: every once in a while I can tell you're from the North. I mean, your accent, mm-hmm. you got that little bit of Minnesota, Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. Accent. anybody <laughs> ever tell you that? Oh, Around sure, but they sure tell they
2: Mark do. that more than they do me.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah. So both of you have it. I guess so. Yeah, you're, you're from there, so you're supposed to.
2: We, I guess so.
0: <laughs> well, hey, we're glad to have you down here in the South, Effingham, <laughs> <laughs> Illinois. But uh, so uh, now. I know you've worked a couple places mm-hmm. here too. Where have you? You've you worked at? I remember working at the Firefly because you worked, yep. which was a, which is a restaurant, pretty fancy restaurant here. It F-A-M. is. It
2: was. Um, I started working there shortly after we moved here, and I worked there for about four years, and it was a blast. Um, I love Christy and Nile, and that was a great job. Um, Then I left there a couple years ago and I did some business coaching with um, a gentleman and then we did, I did some bookkeeping for like Gopher Grill and some other businesses but now currently I'm working at the Southeastern Illinois Community Foundation and I've been there for about a year and a half.
0: That's awesome and then that's a place that offers helps with grants and things right. for different nonprofits and things like that? Yes. Yeah, it's fantastic. So I know working with our youth facility 180 here for a while. I know the Southeastern helped us a lot with different grants.
2: Yep, they've gotten so. quite a few grants from so um, yeah. from the Community Foundation.
0: Community mm-hmm. Foundation. Mhm. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's a good work. So, and, and you've been you've been doing that for a while now then?
2: Yeah, about a year and a half.
0: Yeah, fantastic.
2: Yeah.
0: Now, uh, one thing we're always anxious to talk about is Jesus. Me too. You know, we love it. I know you do. I know you do. I know you love to talk about him. I was just curious if you could maybe just walk walk through with us a little bit of just your story of how you even became a Christian, how you met Jesus to begin with.
2: Okay. Well, um, it's an exciting story. Um, in my mid thirties, I grew up. I was at the church that I had grown up in. I was at the time a mom, a stay at home mom with two little girls. And I was in church, and a missionary came, and he talked about Matthew, I think, it, I believe it's Matthew chapter 7, where the, they come to Jesus, and he says, Depart from me, for I never knew you. Mm, yeah. And the person had been talking about all the things they had done, and he's like, Yeah, depart from me, for I never knew you. And it was almost like the roof opened up, and God said, That's you, Maggie. And I'm mm. like, you've got to be kidding me! I'm—I mean, I was uh, vice chair of parish council. I was president of Christian Women. My girls were going to the the school there, and I was doing all these good things. And you mean you don't know me? And I knew I didn't. I knew in my heart I did not know Jesus. Mm. And so that started on a journey of me pursuing truth. And it took a couple years. And then when I was 37 years old, I went to a Bible church in Wisconsin on Mother's Day. And actually, it was kind of funny because Mark was going to go fishing that weekend. And he said, so what are you going to do this weekend? And I said, well, I'm going to take the girls to a Bible church. And he's like, okay, well, you have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> happy and,
0: Mother's Day. <laughs> oh my gosh. But,
2: and it was a happy Mother's Day. I heard the gospel on that Sunday and my life awesome. changed. It was what I had been looking for. And it was amazing. And Mark came home from the fishing trip, and I'm like, you have got to come to church with me. You've got to come. And he came with me. Um, it took a few weeks to convince him to come. And then he came. And prior to that, Mark would often um, come to church with us, with me and the girls. I was more faithful to that. And, you know, he would take a nap and in church. <laughs> and I was fully anticipating the same thing happening. And he came to church with us. A few weeks uh, later, and um, I don't think he was breathing. I kept looking at him, and he too received truth, uh, and it was it was amazing. Wow! And so we left the church that I had grown up in, uh, pulled our kids out of school. And uh, within a month's time, um, we put them into a public school and we left that church and joined and got baptized. We both got baptized in September of that year and uh, joined, it was called Bible Baptist Church in uh, West Bend, Wisconsin.
0: That's awesome. That's fantastic. It is. When you say you came into the truth or you heard the gospel, what did that mean? Like what was different then as opposed to what you had learned in previous churches and other kinds of faith development if that makes sense
2: oh it makes a lot of sense because of course i had been on this journey for a while and i kept asking questions and everybody always had this different answer and it always kind of came back to well you're a good person Hmm. you know and i even and it was just like i knew that wasn't right i knew that didn't ring true Hmm. and i never really heard the consistent answer of how do you get to heaven you know how do you know Jesus? I wanted to know how to know Jesus. Right. And when we walked, when I came into that church on that Mother's Day, that on that Mother's Day, the gospel was clearly preached. He talked about that all have sinned. And I'm like, okay, and all you know, and he went through the gospel, and that you must be born again. Right. And I was born again that day, and I know that because prior to that, somebody. Several people had told me, well, just read the Bible, read the Bible, and I had, and it didn't make sense to me. But after that day, and I opened up my heart, and I received Jesus Christ as my Savior, the next day I opened up my Bible, and it was amazing. It started to make sense to me. Hmm. It was amazing. Like the
0: Bible says in the Holy Spirit comes he's going to give understanding of his word
2: exactly exactly well
0: another interesting thing you said is is he learned what it meant to be born again which is interesting because that conversations between john or jesus and nicodemus who i like to call naked knight affectionately (laughs) uh but nicodemus in john three and nicodemus was a guy who was uh he was a good guy right did lots of the right things right but he didn't understand either
2: right and that was me i was a you know Air quotes, as you say it, a good person, mm-hmm. and um, and I quite honestly, I think that's why it took me so long because I saw myself as a good person, and I didn't see what the problem was. But there was just this gnawing inside of me that knew mm-hmm. that if I died, I was not going to heaven. I just knew, and I had to find out why.
0: That's that's excellent. What would you What would you kind of What would you say to people who seem to be kind of searching right now? Or maybe they're having the same kinds of thoughts in their head, even if they've gone to church for years.
2: Right. Um, Well, what I ended up doing, I remember just getting frustrated because I was pursuing truth and you talk to people and you read things and there were so many conflicting answers. And I remember specifically one day saying, praying, just show me truth. Lord, please just reveal truth to me. And he did. And then I don't remember the time frame, but that's where that all led. Hmm. And so that's what I say to people now. They're like, I just don't know. And I say, just ask God to reveal truth Hmm. to you, because that's what we need to pursue. Hmm. There is only one truth. Hmm. There's a lot of made up things that we think are true, but there is only one truth. And ask God to reveal that truth to you. And he will. He is faithful to do that.
0: I love it. Like the, uh, the man who wanted Jesus to cast a demon out of his son, mm-hmm. he says, help me with my unbelief. Right. It's a simple prayer, and Jesus honored that. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's really, really good. Um, I know you also lead some people in, in very active yourself memorizing mm-hmm. scripture. Yeah. So uh, tell us a scripture that's one of your favorites and what it, what it means to you.
2: Okay. Wow. I love, well, I love Ephesians. And so, actually, I um, did just challenge uh, Jane Golden to memorize Ephesians. She's on
0: our staff here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah.
2: I memorized Ephesians 14 through 21. That is one of my favorite passages because you can turn it into a prayer. Mm -hmm. And I actually have put my children and my whole family into that passage of scripture, and I pray that for them on a regular basis. But you are right. I believe that Bible memory can change you in such a way that nothing else can, and in fact, we had Bible memory this morning. I meet with uh, Lucas, uh, and, our worship pastor. Yep, and Brett Siegel. We meet mm. on Wednesday mornings, and we are currently memorizing First Peter, and we are in second, the second chapter. Okay, and it just it changes you from the inside out.
0: That's awesome. Is there, what's one verse that just pops off the top of your head right now that let me, put a, let me ask you this more specific. In, in lieu of your testimony, yes. Uh, what's one scripture that, that you've already hung on to when it comes to pursuing truth?
2: Oh, 1 Corinthians 5.17, um, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And that was mm-hmm. that I is yeah. a verse I constantly go back to because I mean I was thirty-seven years old when I became a Christian. I had to throw away everything that I had been trained in for thirty-seven years and look at my life differently. And so I had to go, old things have passed away. Mm-hmm. Behold, all things have become new and I had to become the new Maggie, which I often refer to that when I meet people who knew me over 20 years ago, when they meet me, I can tell they don't know who I am anymore because I am a new creation. New person. That's yes. awesome.
0: I love what he says. I think it's verse 11 in that same chapter that we don't longer look at the world from the same point of view. No. We, we, because because of Jesus, he's the one that has, has changed us and changed our whole viewpoint. Exactly. He has become our worldview. Yes, he has. Which is Which is a great way of putting it. So Maggie, what is it about some characteristics or uh, attributes of someone that has really led you closer to Christ? What is it What is it about them that you've kind of latched on to that has helped you grow?
2: Yeah. Um, well, when I went to that church on that Sunday, uh-huh. um, I went there because I met a, a woman named Judy Domboyak, and she now lives in North Carolina. And she invited me. And then after that, she and I met and studied scripture together and she mentored me and she always said we mentored each other. And I agree with that at some point, she's way smarter than I am, but (laughs) (laughs) um, I think finding someone to study scripture with is so powerful. And I do that on Thursday afternoons with a group of young ladies and we grow together. And the reason, and I'm passionate about that. I'm very passionate about coming alongside people yeah. and helping them grow in Christ because I know what a difference that has made for me and I want them to experience that difference. And so the ladies, um, do you want me to name them or? Yeah, go ahead. Um, you know, I meet with um, Beth Siegel and Shauna Dannyberger and Stacey Stanford. And we meet every Thursday afternoon and we're studying through the book of Hebrews right now. And awesome. it, we've been doing that for over a year now. And it is great. We help each other grow.
0: That's fantastic. Um, we have a lot of, our church is full of a lot of people mm-hmm. who have come from all sorts of different backgrounds. Right. Uh, I know Pastor Van used to call us the Mutt Church. You know, we're yeah. like a Mutt, yeah. spiritual Mutt. And I, I love that idea. Even our staff is different backgrounds because because we are uh what's uh, let me ask you before actually i don't want to put words in your mouth uh so let me just ask you this question what do you think has been attractive about new hope even though we've come from all these different backgrounds and things like that what what do you think kind of attracts uh people here what is it
2: well um i do want to say one thing and then i'll answer that is just always remember there is no religion in the bible Yep. The Bible only talks about relationship. Yep. And so we all come from different backgrounds. And what attracted me to New Hope was I kept meeting people and I would get into these spiritual conversations and there would be this connection. And it was about, and it's just like the love. And I'd be like, okay, where do you go to church? And every single time it was, oh, I go to New Hope. And so what attracts me to new hope is the Bible says you will know they are Christians by their love. Yes. And I see genuine love here. We are a bunch of mutts and we are all have our issues and nobody has arrived and we're Hmm. at all different places, but yet we love one another. And that is how the body of Christ is.
0: Excellent, that's excellent. Yeah, I think someone once said, someone wise once said, the difference between religion and relationship is religion is man's response to God. Right. Christianity is God's response to man. I
2: like that.
0: And, and I love that because you should remind us, and I, I think you're right. I think uh, well, to me what's attractive here too is the message, is that message right there.
2: Right.
0: <laughs> that we're about God's response to man. That we're not trying to always be about the keeping up with the laws. As much as, we, as like Paul said in Romans, the law makes us conscious of our sin. Right, that's what it's used for, <laughs> uh, so that we might be convicted, as uh, John writes, by the power of the Holy Spirit through the conviction of our sin and guilt and, and righteousness and judgment. And I, I, I just think it's uh, that's one thing that's been attracted to me here too. And one thing, reason why I'm on staff here is because we have such a, a, a leadership that's really dedicated to we want we want people to hear the gospel. Right. The same thing you heard
2: in right. the Bible
0: Baptist in right. Wisconsin years ago. Yeah. So, what uh, if you have one prayer uh, for um, our Christians here, our body, what would it be?
2: Oh, that's a good one. Um, I do pray for our church all the time. I, I pray for you, Darren.
1: Well, thanks. I pray Maggie. for the
2: leadership. My prayer is that people would pursue truth hmm. um, and that they would be courageous enough to obey that truth once they find it.
0: Mm, That's awesome. All truth is his. (laughs) It is. He's the author of it. Hey, thank you so much for letting me interview you. It's been awesome. Thank you. So don't forget, coming up November 1st, it's Shelbyville. First Sundays at Shelbyville. We're doing church again, man. Doing the church once a month. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're at Spruce Street Studios.
1: Yeah, if it's it's the place to be if you're comfortable with being around people right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> then, then then it's the place to be. If you're not, then it's not the place to be. Probably not. There there, there will be people there. Yep. At least we hope and pray. Mm-hmm. So get the word out though. We'd love to see people come if if possible. Uh, so for Sundays. So uh, Drew, let me get right to the meat of things here. We were talking. Last time about, uh, at the end of the podcast, little Jesus talk time, you kind of brought up this, well, let me, let me have you kind of summarize it a little bit, what we were
1: talking sure. about. Sure, I kind of brought up the fact that um, what the church doesn't talk about enough is, um, in fact, a lot of young people in particular, but everyone in general, at some point questions their faith and and doubts the whole thing, or um, you see a lot of young people, in particular, leaving the church, getting fed up with religion, God, and and faith in general, um, for a lot of different reasons. But usually, I don't I don't feel like they're equipped to deal with struggling, to deal with those doubts. And my main point was that it's okay to doubt. A lot of people, right. a lot of people, don't even think don't even think that's okay but yeah that's kind of where we left off
0: and the church should be a safe place to do Doubt.
1: yeah if you can't if things. you can't do that there then you're gonna see what we're seeing which is a lot of people leaving
0: and one of the things i brought up was the fact that you talked about people are fed up with god and church and religion i said those mm-hmm. are different things yeah you know but for some reason they all get lumped together mm-hmm. god gets blamed for bad church bad religion. Mm-hmm. Also, our view of God comes out of bad church, bad religion.
1: Yeah, I I think it's important to establish what each thing means. to Because, estu- like I said, I think I said it last time, like, devil's in the details. So what do you mean by God? What do you mean by church? What do you mean by religion? I think that's, that's something different for each person,
0: sadly. Yeah, I think it would be good for us to talk a little bit about that it's, and maybe speculate a little bit as to why why we have our doubts or why people doubt Mm -hmm. or why you struggle with those things uh, in in this day and age. I guess there's one, there's one direction I kind of wanted to go today, which was something I've been thinking about, which I find fascinating and it's connected with this, but at the same time, I don't want anybody to take this as some sort of apologetic. Uh, I'm not really trying to make an apologetic out of this, Uh, but I do think—I I, I just wonder about this. I've talked to some friends who've had—who are very skeptical of the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. And they basically—the whole time I felt like I was on this defense.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: In other words, I was making it apologetic constantly right. for Christianity or for the fact that God exists or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've always wondered as to why that is. Like when you when you get into some of these subjects, I think it's by like you said. I think it's people should not ever feel bad about doubting, having some skepticism, you know, and thinking through things. That's for sure. And we should have a discussion of what's true and what's not. But I think a fair discussion uh, also includes fair apologetic and what I mean by that is when why is it, I'm just curious but why why do you think it is that the Christian or the person who's trying to, I don't know kind of back the church, back Jesus you know why do, why do they have the onus of proof uh, because everything is faith anything anyone believes is by faith Mhm. The even the belief in even if you know even when we talk about atheism even that is really a belief.
1: Yeah, I think I think you uh I think I think it would depend on who you talk to about their opinion on that. Some people would have a strong opinion that no, it's not because it's the definition of it is it has nothing to say about um, a belief system or a worldview. It's just the fact that they lack theistic views, atheists. Um, so, but some people would say, no, I'm advocating something. When you advocate something, then it means you believe in something, which at some point, that means you're going to have faith in it.
0: Yeah, all, the only problem I have with that, though, is... Is there's no such thing as not advocating something when you're when, when you're when you're saying that someone that you're skeptical of somebody else, you know, you are advocating. something. there's something there that you're advocating. When you say there is no God, that's you're taking a stance. You're 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 accepting that by faith, right? Just as much, in my opinion is anyone who says there is a God.
1: Mm. Ultimately, you're saying that whether or not you they agree with you or not, you think that they're you know, having faith in something.
0: Right. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think that I always find some of these conversations interesting because they always turn to, well, you need to prove to me how good God is or that God exists. Or you need to prove to me that the church actually matters. It's not hypocritical. You need to prove to me, you know. And I always find myself going, well, in an honest conversation, if we're going to have an honest conversation, then that goes two ways. You know, there needs to be some honest discussion over. In other words, if we're going to talk about the failings of the church, uh, then let's talk about the failings of your social structure. Whatever that is, yeah.
1: Good luck trying to figure what that is. Figure out what their social structure is. Because a lot well, of the times, it's just I'm just saying. A lot of the times in those conversations, they don't even know. Because uh, at least with my experience, uh, they're just piecing it together as they go. Well, they people. Have with,
0: to. For instance, if I don't if I don't go to church, I have nothing to do with church. I still have social circles. Oh, you're saying social like life? Yeah, social life. Okay, sorry. So there are failings with that. Yeah, there's hypocrisy with that. Yeah, there is. You know, in other words, when you reject one thing, you're doing another thing. You can't just say that. Well, I'm in a good place here because I'm rejecting all these things that seem faulty. You don't. You're not in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Uh, you yourself have taken on a social structure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You yourself, no matter what that is. You yourself have taken on some sort of ism, if you will, some sort of belief, some sort of philosophy, some sort of idea. It's not like you're just void of anything. And so I always, the only reason I bring that up is because I think that that brings up an interesting, let's put it this way, if you're going to have discussion, talk about those things, then everything needs to be on the table, right? Sure, yeah. It can't hurt. Yeah. Do, do you feel like um, sometimes when you end up, when you're talking with somebody about Christianity, they are really struggling or doubting, mm-hmm. do you feel like it's kind of a constant defense of, uh, on behalf of Christianity? Me personally? Yeah. I think sometimes
1: they want it to go there. I don't go there personally because <laughs> that that's setting up the argument. So there's, they're trying to set up an argument where they can outsmart me, or right? Think well, you haven't thought about this, and I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> um So I try not to 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 get on a defense of anything, and I try to I try to have a conversation and think, okay, why do you why do you feel that way? Why why? So I kind of make them back up their views. Um. Mainly because I'm not threatened. <laughs> I'm not threatened when someone questions my faith. Right. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are because they haven't thought about it. But
0: yeah, we kind of feel like we have to defend. Yeah, and a lot of vigorously and aggressively, we have got to defend God. And, and that's it, not that's not the case. He can handle it himself. With, correct.
1: With this new atheist movement too, that's emerged in the last couple, you know, last decade or so. Um, I would. I would. Say, they often say, "Well, if you're making a pro argument, if you are pro something, then you have to. The burden of proof goes on you." So I think, as a society, the general, the reason that Christians feel on the defense all the time is because we're constantly being asked, you know, yeah, like you said, provide provide proof. But I think if you bring it down to the personal level, one on one conversation, you can't go there. You can't just try to prove prove right. everything
0: well i get in a way that's in a roundabout way that's kind of what i'm saying mm-hmm. i'm saying that that logic though is not It's pretty faulty to say that it's just if you're advocating or pro something and that only falls to the christian that's baloney in my opinion like that doesn't fall just to the christian that falls to anybody because anyone who lives by some sort of philosophy. Uh, yeah, you can't live without having it. You you can't live in a vacuum. So therefore, now the reason I the only reason I say that is because I agree with you. It's like we don't need to defend, but most most conversations and doubts and you know people have they have reasons why they think about God that way or about the church mm-hmm. that way or whatever. And I have no problem discussing them, like you said. You know, I don't feel defensive for that. Uh, but what I do feel defensive of is that when they don't want to, uh, when they don't want to have anything else on the table. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think every you know anything should be able to be doubted and discussed and torn apart and dissected. If that's the case, not just God, church, and religion for sure. So I think that should open. Hopefully, that would open up conversation.
1: Mm-hmm. I think more conversation is always a good thing.
0: General. <laughs> no, I think you're. I think you're right. Yeah. You know, it's been good. You know, this is not, uh, not an easy thing to approach. and We're just having some conversation. We hope some of you follow along with it and uh, kind of click with us at least a little bit. And we'll, we'll get back to it next time. Hey, thanks for joining us. New Hope Underground has been a great show. Peace.